as a mom, I have to be present, but you know, I became an educator because I wanted to create a school that I wanted my kids to be in. And so what I do has a purpose and my kids are in this district and what's good at, I always say what's good at it. If it's good enough for my child, then it should be good enough for anyone else's child. If it's not good enough for my child, then it's not good enough for anyone else's child. And so, you know, they keep me centered and they keep me focused. Um, as a leader, I did have to learn how to balance technology in the regards to emails and being so available, setting some healthy boundaries, putting down the device and focusing on them because my family is first. Welcome everybody back to another exciting episode of the Undisrupted Podcast. Uh, you know, Adam, you and I have both gone different ways when it comes to our path toward tech leadership. Um, I went yes. to the, although I think we both started out as teachers. Um, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you were yeah. a science, right? Middle school, high school science? No. High school, high school. High school science. Yeah, high school I science a, teacher. I was a first grade teacher. Um, so again, different thing, different paths in that sense. And then I was like an instructional coach. Then I worked for the tech department. I was a virtualization coordinator. I made these virtual desktops, if you remember those. And then eventually director of instructional technology. What was your path? See, I went uh, classroom teacher and I was doing all this PL when I was in the classroom. Pull it, they were pulling me out all the time. And then uh, during the recession, it was weird. They created a position in Title I called the technical data facilitator. Ooh, um, don't even ask there's a whole lot of words, <laughs> um, you know, supplanting all that kind of weird stuff. So anywho, basically I did the, the an interactive board training with folks, but then from there I took a job as an instructional technology director and back now in the district that I started in as a director of technology and media services. So yeah, teacher route, then outside doing some district level stuff and then director route. But it, you know, it's so weird. Um, you know, you had some administrators and they'll swear by every director has to be a building level leader. But, you know, they'll say, oh, you have to at least be an AP or a principal before you're a director, which makes no sense for certain positions. Like, you know, like I don't think that me being not being a principal ever has hindered my capacity as a leader. Uh, what about you? I do think there's something uh, there's some I think the ideal thing is you have an opportunity to manage people. So I to, truth be told, I never. I never got my admin certification. Um, this is a this is a shameful admission now on the podcast. But now that I'm re retired, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Semi-retired, but uh, because I felt like I got my admin certification through trial and error and experimentation, having a team to manage, and and actually uh, I took all the coursework and everything. I just never I could never get my district to agree to pay for the final thing test, and I was like, I'm not going to pay for it myself. So um, if you want me to have it, I have it. You're going to fire me if I don't have it. I mean, I, at that point, I was already hired, so. Right. You know, but but you know, there's something to be said about programs, degrees, and certifications. Yes, they're great, but we have all been in this profession long enough to know there's people with all the documentation in the world that are horrible. Like I know someone yeah. who has all kind of uh, ed tech leadership and ed tech this and that, and could not connect a projector, could not uh, go to starting a PowerPoint slide, oh. and it's like it, I'm sitting there like you have all this you know quote unquote certification and you're you're COSIN certified and this that and the third, and you don't know what you're doing. So yes, there, but there's on both sides. Yes, you can have all the search. Yes, it does give you some experience, but it it's something is said for whether or not you have it in you. 
you know, either you're a leader or you're not. Either you know technology, you don't know technology, either you have that creative mindset or you don't. So something to, has to be said about the person, not necessarily, yes, I went through this and got this piece of paper, but I don't know. I could go on all day about this. <laughs> I have a story to share, but I'm going to. I'm going to wait because I want to give our guest a chance to come. She's been listening to us kind of battle, battle on about this. <laughs> Danielle Parker, is, Danielle Parker. let me say that again, is the Director of Instructional Technology at Hallsville ISD uh, up in Northeast Texas. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Danielle underscore Parker. Uh, what's your thought on all that, Danielle? Because you have a unique background. I mean, you not unique, but I would say for people in our field, uh, the principal route, while everyone thinks it's ideal, you went that way um, before you came into this field. Yeah, Carl, I did. So I started off as a classroom teacher. And even then, I had a love for technology. I was eager to learn about how to integrate technology in different ways in our classrooms, because I just, technology was the way we were going. Um, you know, I graduated college um, in the early 2000s. And so, you know, before iPhones came out, and you know, as technology kept evolving, I knew that the direction of education had to change. We had to evolve and we had to start integrating technology in different ways. So as a classroom teacher, I loved it. I loved piloting new programs. I mean, I remember us having one of the first smart boards in our rooms and, and clickers in our classrooms and, and sharing it and co-teaching with another teacher and doing things that really weren't being talked about or really kind of known quite as yet um, throughout all of the schools. Um, and so as a teacher, I really had that kind of foundation and love for it. My kids were doing digital portfolios. I mean, they knew how to do PowerPoint. They knew how to do um, Excel. You know, we were we were Microsoft um, desktop computers. And so I started that, you know, early on within the first year of my teaching career. And so I've always had a love and a passion for technology. And so when I went the administrative route, I believe that when an administrator is passionate about something, the campus can become passionate about it as well. And so when I got hired for my, my principal job here in Hallsville, um, when the superintendent asked me, what was my vision for my school? I said, I want North Elementary to be a leader in technology integration. I want my teachers to be empowered to use technology in meaningful ways in their classrooms to support student learning. I didn't want us to be behind the curve. And so as a, as a leader on a campus, because of those tools and because of my passion and my love for, for tech, I was able to provide professional development for my teachers. We didn't have a lot of instructional leaders within our district, so it was, it was on me. And so I was able to help teach them how to use programs, how to integrate technology in meaningful ways. So when COVID happened, yes, it was still a shock to us, but my teachers had devices where teachers across this nation, we discovered, didn't have devices to teach from home. They didn't know how to integrate technology, whereas my teachers had some basic skills that we were able to integrate and kind of shift quickly to virtual learning at, at home. We weren't perfect at it, but they weren't as terrified as others were. And so um, as a principal, you know, it was a priority for me. And so shifting to this job, I think sometimes Carl and Adam, people um, in the tech world have their own lingo. <laughs> and um, Yes, <laughs> you have to speak the language. But other people, other t educators don't always get that or understand it. And so sometimes they need things explained a different way. And so I think for my role in the way that I come to this job is I come with a very um, big background and understanding of how to get teachers to buy in, how to break things down, 
um, how to support principals and how to make it a priority without adding one more thing. Because when somebody comes and says, you just need to go do this one more thing, I understand what it's like to be a principal and already feel overwhelmed. So how do I do this in a manageable way? The teachers are drowning. I'm in teacher meetings. I've sat in there as a teacher. I've sat in there as an administrator. And now I sit in there as a district role. How can I continue to support them and not make it a stressful thing? But how can we help them be successful where they start buying into it? And so, um, you know, helping be that that translator between the lingo, helping them understand it. I'm also not a type of person, you know, Carl can attest to this. I'll say, what in the world does this mean, Carl? Because I have no idea. I need you to break it down in layman's terms. <laughs> I have no clue about saying that. I have no idea what y'all are talking about. I need you just to like break it down for me. And so um, just kind of being that bridge for our educators and for the tech side of not being scared to ask for help, um, but then being an advocate for teachers and for administrators um, because if administrators are not using technology and if they don't buy into it, then the rest of the campus isn't either. So we're, it's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's, that's so important to understand that the principal, the role that the building leader plays in technology implementation, you know, from the district level, you can have all kinds of initiatives. It doesn't just have to be technology, but it could be all kinds of initiatives, whether it's uh, PBIS, whether it's, uh, you know, hey, we're going to have brand new Chromebooks or iPads or whatever it is. But if the principal is not on board with that, supporting that kind of that inspecting what you expect, at the building level, it's not going to happen because we all know when a teacher closes their classroom door, whatever happens in that room happens in that room. So, you know, it's, it's really important that that building leaders on board. But you brought up a really good point there with as a principal. And this is kind of going back to what we were saying earlier. I think no matter what job you have, you have to be able to apply your experience in that role. So, you know, your our experiences as classroom teachers and your experience as a building principal definitely gives you an, the ability to apply that within that role. So let me ask you this now that you are in a position where you are supporting principals. Uh, how do you get principals now to buy in on this on these technology initiatives to then support that at the building level? So I know you, your, your teachers in your building were doing awesome things. So how do you really get that to grow organically across the system? Yeah, so that was one of our biggest goals, Adam, is that this year our district has put so much money towards technology. Um, we've bought Chromebooks and Chrome carts, and we're getting those in there. So we came up with a, a plan to start with a small group for blended learning. Um, and, you know, there's that saying that you are an expert everywhere else except in your back in your own house. <laughs> you know I, mean? yes. I have no idea what you're talking about yes. there. No, none never, whatsoever. I've never heard of that before, right? Never, yeah. Pop it in your own land, yes. As I, as I turn away and sip my drink. Um. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, I had to build up some credibility, but then I also wanted to make sure they heard me. And so we actually brought in Carl. Um, he is, he's, he and I have been working together this last year. So we focused on three grade levels and we focused with supporting those administrators. Um, and to be honest, the, the campus that soared the highest was an administrator that was really involved with us. And he and I met all the time. Like he would stop me in the hallway and ask questions. And I was giving him feedback and being in the classrooms and being in his team meetings. And, and we just built a really good relationship between the two of us with talking about school, just in general, everything. Um, but then he felt comfortable to call and ask me. And, you know, now he wants to know how can he use these tools in his in his role as an administrator. And so I think sometimes we bite off more than we can chew. 
And so it's absolutely important that we take small chunks and take little steps, but then celebrate them when they're doing those things. I think sometimes when people think about technology integration, they think it has to be this big, massive show and circus. And sometimes it's little things that teachers are doing. And so we have to, as district leaders, really recognize that and commend them when they're doing those things. So Twitter shout outs. Um, shout outs and newsletters for the district, um, recognizing those things to keep that momentum going. Because when he got excited and he saw his teachers were doing little things and he heard the praise and he heard us walking through and recognizing those things, he kept buying more and more into it. Um, for some of our others, you know, they had some other hurdles that they were working through, um, but they were involved. But again, the principals and the administrators that are present when we're there and, and they're going through the walkthroughs with us and they're sitting in those conversations with us, you know, their, their campus will move. Um, you know, I loved what you said, Adam, somebody can have a lot of degrees and they can have a lot of titles in front or behind their names. And um, to me, it's all about the person. And so mm -hmm. finding out where our leaders are at and supporting them and some, you know, it was maybe just where they created a Google classroom for this year and started modeling the behavior was the baby step this year and next year it can be something else. And so recognizing that we have to differentiate for our campuses and our leaders, I, just I, like, like our teachers. Yeah. And I think as someone who came in uh, again, bring coming in from the outside and with an outside, a set of eyes on it and then seeing kind of the talent that Danielle has, but also what she's already started in that district in terms of culture. It was interesting because I always do a pre-assessment, you know, with the, when I'm doing blended learning initiatives with, with schools and districts and, I could tell right away. I was like, man, there's this one campus. It just seems to be. And then I found out later that she didn't tell me at the time, but she, I found out later that she was the principal of that campus to start. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So the person who's the biggest champion of it, their campus would also follow suit. Not to say that the other ones aren't growing as well. It was just interesting how much faster that makes a difference. And then the other thing I'll say about you and brag on you for a little bit is that you're also, you're an amazing trainer. You, you have a great concept, a way of providing professional learning. I know you do training in your district. You also work with another company that Adam is very familiar with, <laughs> um, Solution Tree. Adam, you know anything about them? Do you ever get any training? <laughs> <No>? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're actually in the process now. This past year, they are uh, they are here with Solution Tree. We are on our journey of becoming a, a model PLC. So we are, we are taking that journey now. Uh, but one thing I can say so far with Solution Tree is the technology piece uh, that is I don't know. It's it's not quite there yet. Lacking. I think um, there's there, there's there's different aspects of it uh, because it's great work, but um, I don't know if they have quite have made that full turn with 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 technology. Um, but I, I I think there's some inside information we can get on that maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the trainers you have some say in that too. So, and I don't know how much this you can share openly, but I do. I, I will say that it's funny that Adam would send me a picture of these huge binders with CDs in them. And I'm like, are those CD-ROMs? And I'm like, yes, yes, on? they were there. Yeah, yes, they, they were the, they were the CDs. And I, or, and I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? We, like, won't, name any, we won't name any trainers, but uh, you get to so stay in that, right, Danielle? When you work with schools, because like, you always have your own. I feel like just like we were just talking about with the previous role, you bring your own insight into that role when you're actually going out and doing training for other schools. I was going to say, actually, one of the things that I always make a point to do whenever I train is, you know, I do a lot of the digital um handouts and things like that, but then tech tools that they can use to do the work. And so, you know, 
how to to share documents, how to embed things. Um, I always try to make sure and leave some kind of tech tool or tech tip with any group I work with. So whether it's introducing them to an online gaming program to review concepts and vocabulary or use, I I really believe we have to model what we expect. And so for me as a presenter, I want to model using blended learning, the blended learning model whenever I instruct. And so my trainings, you know, there is there is a technology piece in there. And I say, well, I hope it's okay. And they're like, no, we love it. Please show us more. Um, and so we end up really talking how to use our Google Drive for our collaboration and our documents and how we can use technology for our assessment components, you know, because Solution Tree, we're really big into our assessments, common informative assessments and using that mm-hmm. data to make instructional decisions. So what tech tools are out there to help us gather that information? And so, um, Adam, I've actually talked to Solution Tree about, you know, is, is there a technology thing out there? You know, I'd be happy to to jump on that and help support that. And it's just not um, a really big area at this time, but it is for yeah. me wherever I work. <laughs> But that is one of the things also going back to that whole conversation around administrators. It's you definitely want to make sure the administrator sees how the technology can fit into their their uh, job, how they are supporting their teachers, students and parents, because it's one thing for a principal to say, oh, teachers, use that Google Classroom or use that uh, Canvas and or Canva or Spark and do those things. But it, it takes it another level when the teachers are seeing that's what the teacher the principal is using yeah. like mm-hmm. i know what we, we do in my district our principals are using uh canvas to house their professional learning uh their faculty meetings a lot of that's the sign off paperwork that you have to do they, they, our principals create assignments for the teachers their teachers have to do that like the lesson plan submission that's a quote-unquote assignment in canvas that they have them do or if the principal runs across a really great article Instead of just like this, black, uh, just blasting it out as an email, they'll create it as a discussion post and actually have an, an ongoing discussion about, hey, here's an article that someone published about selection of material in classrooms to really get teacher feedback and have that ongoing discussion. So it's it's one of those things where the principals learn, oh, this is a really cool way we could use this, and then we'll then challenge that teacher, hey, could you possibly do that in your classroom too? So when you increase their skill set, it only this is going to make the classroom even better uh, when they're using that. So and like I want to feed off off that really fast because I think that's a hurdle that trainers and companies are really going to have to address and be intentional with in regards to the fact that people that were there's like pre-covid and post-covid I think we would agree there was education pre-covid and then there's education post-covid and I think it has to be different. And so people that have gone out to consulting that's all they're doing if they, you know, if they really have not lived that tech life post COVID, it is different. And Mm -hmm. so ways and strategies that they use to do things before will not work just like it will not work for our teachers to do the same thing they did pre COVID. And so we have to evolve as leaders and as presenters to really model it again. Um, But for some people that, you know, I've got friends that were not in the school system during COVID. And I was like, you cannot present the way you did pre COVID. You, you, you have to start modeling and you have to start integrating things because the school does not look the same. Yep. And if there's a and there, one thing I noticed in my time and tenure at Eans was that the, that principal difference was such a big thing. And even the words they choose and how they model that, like you were just saying, like we had two similar middle schools and I've always I've told the story several times, but it's essentially they're both same demographics, same everything, same size. I mean, just everything was the same. The only thing different was the principals, really. The teachers were even somewhat the same, but 
Um, the differences were amazing and stark when it came to, hey, we're going to use technology. One principle is like, here's the expectation. I want you guys to bring it to the meetings. I want to make sure that you're using it for this, this, and this. That's the very level set. That's what we're all going to do, and I'm going to do it too. The other principle was um, the district's telling us we have to use these things, um, so I guess try to use them. I mean, basically, while I was in both of those meetings, I heard both comments, and they even pointed at me and said, the district is telling you to do it. So immediately, he's, just, <laughs> he's dismissed anything. So how do you get a principle? Um, not that you've not that you've encouraged right now. I mean, I think your principles right now, the big thing we're struggling with at Hallsville is just kind of the overwhelmingness of everything they have to deal with, um, because a principal job has so many different roles. But if you have a principal that's maybe not that doesn't prioritize it as much, how do you help them with that, or how do you make them make it more of a priority? Yeah. So setting goals with them. What do they want to see? What What is their vision? Um, you know, mission and vision are the root of everything that we do. So what is your vision for your school in regards to t- integration of technology in the next, you know, three to four years? Um, and setting some manageable goals and having those checkpoints with them. I also, I think, I'm, I'm glad you said that about the power of our words, because that is something that as I've worked with different administrators is, okay, let's talk about how are you going to take that back to your staff? Mm-hmm. How are you going to give them, how are you going to present it so that way that it's looked as ownership or it's looked as not one more thing? How can we use our words to present this information? And so kind of even having kind of a dialogue back and forth or practicing how they're going to say it um, sometimes is helpful for some of them because they just don't know how. That's their personality. They're just kind of to the point. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they don't realize that that's how it comes across. Um, and so you want them to have ownership of it. And then just being that support, Carl, you know, being there and following up, kind of holding that accountability of, okay, you said you were going to have this done. You know, what does it look like? Is there something I can do to help you with that? Um, you know, that accountability partner, we all have to have it. We all, we all need that person. And so, um, you know, just having that dialogue, but, but again, you know, if they're not making progress, it's not that they're in trouble. It's okay. What can I do to support you? So when we show that they're quote unquote, not in trouble, right. Um, but what can I do to support you? Then I think that conversation and that dialogue and the comfort level increases between you and the campus principal. You got to be that accountability partner. I'm that way with Adam and his OnlyFans Knuckles account. I make sure that I, you know, he posts at least once a week. There they are. Look at them, yes. gentlemen. They're beautiful. Yes, must check out the Knuckles. <laughs> what are you wearing today? Oh, same thing. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're going to make it a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. It is a thing. It is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> So let me ask you this with uh, with your role. How have you also managed, you know, coming out of the pandemic, you know, there were so many products that were thrown at educators for free. Hey, you know, everybody was, yeah. quote unquote, trying to help families and help teachers and help students by giving their uh, access free, 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 free. So teachers sign up for all this stuff. And now we're back in person by and large and. Teachers still want to use some of this stuff, but now you have all these various accounts and things out there. How have you navigated or helped manage that within your system uh, with the teachers, uh, parents, and students with these different platforms or products that were introduced during the pandemic? That is a great question because this has actually been a really big priority. Um, As a campus principal, I will never forget uh, the year I introduced Chatterpix, which I'm sure you both are very aware of in the elementary world for Chatterpix. Mm Um, and when I would do tech trainings, I would just pick one program. And so I remember doing a, a chatter picks and I had a re- teacher ready to retire. And she's like, I'm never going to learn anything. And I said, you're going to learn one thing this year before you leave. I promise you. 
So we learned chatter picks. We focused, we spent a whole little PD on chatter picks. I sent them on a, a scavenger hunt out to do chatter picks. And we said, let's make a goal to do a chatter picks in our lesson. Um, but we focused on one thing. And that's been kind of my goal as a district leader is not focusing on 15 different programs, but let's focus in on what we have and get good at what we have. So, you know, Google Classroom became our platform during COVID. So we've stuck with Google Classroom. We're not, you know, we have teachers now feeling comfortable. I don't want to rip the rug out from under them now that they finally have some comfort level with that and know how to use it. Um, we had used Nearpod. My campus had used Nearpod prior to COVID. And so coming out of COVID, we continue to near, use Nearpod and get better at those tools that are embedded in there because Near, Nearpod, which I'm not on their pace, pace like I don't get a salary from them, but I'm a they're big- not, They're not sponsoring Nearpod. this podcast either, yes. <laughs> but Nearpod has- Unless they want to. Yeah, yeah they want to. Um, embedded in it, you know, instead of using WeVideo, they now have YouTube and you can embed the YouTube video and embed your questions in it. It has the discussion board like Padlet and they've changed their format. So that way they know how to do it. So instead of telling teachers, well, WeVideo and Padlet and Kahoot and all these other websites, we just say go in Nearpod. So keeping it simple and keeping it into one platform as much as possible. And then like this year, we introduced Flipgrid and we introduced Book Creator. And it wasn't, you know, everybody had an option to use it, but then our teachers started feeling more comfortable. They started piloting it. They started trying some new things with it. And so we've been able to introduce a couple of new programs, but do it in a way that doesn't overwhelm the teachers. I tell them all the time, I say, guys, just focus on one program and let's get better at that this year. And then next year we can learn something else. And so I am very cognizant of not blasting myself, my staff with like 50 different new tools and all these tech tips, like my newsletters, like you may have one newsletter on one program with three tips on it, yep. keeping it simple and not overwhelming because the people that majority of our staff are not comfortable with technology. So if I go in there and I push out a lot of different things, they're going to get overwhelmed, shut down and say, I don't have time to learn this. But if I say, let's just focus on one, um, sometimes in team meetings, it's just one function. So for example, in Nearpod, there's student paste versus teacher paste and how you can mm -hmm. toggle between the two in a live session. And so in one group meeting, I said, hey guys, look at what you can do. And that's all we did. And they were excited about it. So being very aware of the audience and their comfort level with technology and not overwhelming them. Um, you know, we do have vendors. I have vendors all the time reaching out and, you know, oh, I'm dear God <laughs> to not over signing us up for things. Um, I encourage teachers to try things. I, if they want to try it, I am happy to help them with it. But for the masses, I really try to keep us focused on some of those tools that we are committed to as a district. Yeah, and so it, and it kind of this kind of leads right naturally into our last question, which we ask all of our guests. And, and I think you're similar to Adam and I in that um, you manage many roles. You have your role in the district. You have your side role that you do with Solution Tree. You have your role as a parent, as we see you get photobombed by your child during the interview, um, <laughs> which is awesome. How do you keep all of this, doing all, managing all of these roles and all of these different lives and keep yourself from being uh, undisrupted? How do I manage it all? First off, I don't feel like I really have to manage because I'm doing what I love. I love my job. I get excited every day to get up and get to know I'm going to go do something powerful and help somebody else. 
So to me, this isn't a job. It's something, it, it's what I love. It, this is who I am. Um, and so how do you manage that? I mean, you, you definitely set boundaries. Um, but I enjoy getting on Twitter and learning from others at night. Um, and I see an idea and I send it to myself. So that way I'll look into it the next morning. Um, as a mom, I have to be present, but you know, I became an educator because I wanted to create a school that I wanted my kids to be in. And so what I do has a purpose and my kids are in this district and what's good at, I would say what's good at it. If it's good enough for my child, then it should be good enough for anyone else's child. If it's not good enough for my child, then it's not good enough for anyone else's child. And so, you know, they keep me centered and they keep me focused. Um, as a leader, I did have to learn how to balance technology in the regards to emails and being so available, setting some healthy boundaries, putting down the device and focusing on them because my family is first and I have to make sure that that's always a priority. But they, my kids are excited about technology too. I mean, they really are. I've my kids them before. They show, they show me playing stuff. on things and they're figuring out things. And then I'll say, well, teach me, how did you do that? And so, um, you know, again, to me, it's not really managing because I'm doing what I love. I love it. I, and I think that's a great message for anyone out there that's maybe struggling with this. You know, if it's something that you're lo that you love. And I, I love that point of like keeping things separate because I do think we, we sometimes, our, all of our lines are blurred. It happened before the pandemic. It's definitely happened now. Um, so really prioritizing that is tricky. And then, of course, you know, just being present when you're in those moments. And uh, I think that those are those times you can't take away. I do love also that your kids go to the same school because that was my biggest belief and thing, too. And I know Adams does the same thing. So mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, now that I'm not there, I do everything I can to get there. Like I'm helping the principal. I'm working with their school as much as I can um, because I'm not in the school anymore. It's so, like I still need to have some effect. It's just... I'm a little control freak that way. But um, anyway, <laughs> I want to wrap this up by saying thank you so much, Daniele. You can find her again on Twitter, everybody, at Daniele, D-A-N-I-E-L-I underscore Parker on Twitter. Daniele Parker on Twitter. And um, thank you for joining us. And listeners out there, be sure to subscribe. Give us a review if you can. Maybe some stars. We'd like we'd take five of them. Uh, we, we appreciate it. We might actually give you a shout out on the show as well. This has been the Undisrupted Podcast brought to you by Future Ready Schools. And he's Adam. You can follow him on Twitter at AskAdam3. Yeah, and and, and also look for the OnlyFans coming <laughs> soon. <laughs> <Not out yet>. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Carl, and you can follow him at Mr. Hooker. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are better together. And we are better. Undisrupted. undisrupted.